Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Freshman 15 Podcast. Ben Snopper back here. With Colin Bass. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. Second guest of the season, Ben. What Second a guest blessing. of the season. And I'll actually lead with this. Colin and I were just cliff jumping today. Had a great experience. We dive in. It's awesome. You get the adrenaline. And then you realize you have to swim about 100, 200 meters to get back to the <laughs> yeah. shore. I was gassed. I thought I was going to drown. And I was yelling out, Bass, Bass, help me. And I was thinking, <laughs> man, how do the guys in the Olympics do it? And well, we have on a guest today, Colin, that might be able to give a little bit of clarity on that and a little bit more. So tell us who's on the show today, Oh, Colin. my gosh. Well, I'd love to welcome to the show. My good friend. We've been together since fifth grade. Monzi, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be on here. Let's go. Oh, my gosh. A little bit of background. Monzi's a humble guy, but we'll, we'll tell you what he's been up to. This summer, he was in the Tokyo Olympics, swimming for Lebanon, correct, Monzi? And, um, yeah, tell us about it. What, what's, like, your biggest – I don't know. Just give us a, give us a, a little life in the Olympian. Give me, give me a little synopsis. Uh, the food, but other than that <laughs> – but no, other than that, it was just, I mean, it's been a dream ever since I was 10 years old, uh, ever since I started the sport to obviously represent uh, Lebanon and my city, uh, club, country, everything on the highest stage. And it was uh, definitely, definitely very all and, and I mean, it was surreal. It was a surreal moment, especially the opening ceremony. That was, I mean, I'm, I'm an emotional kind of guy, but I don't think I've been that emotional in a while. It was uh uh definitely i've cried like a little baby during that but um it was it was it made everything worth it every all the sacrifices i made all the all the hard decisions it made all of it worth it and so it was uh my experience was i mean there was some people that were uh ticked off that there was no spectators and i was like you know what i just want to lay in the <laughs> block and i was like i just want to compete and uh, i'm glad that i got the opportunity to do that and I love what you said there, Munzi, that in that moment, like you have this, this emotion as you're, you're going through the parade and you realize that all of that sacrifice and hard work was worth it. And for a little bit of context about Munzi as well, Munzi, you're a freshman at Texas A&M, right? Yes, so um, all, the, all this is happening. You're going into the Olympics. You're in Tokyo before you even yeah. set foot on a college campus. So that's, that's pretty crazy in and of itself. But back to your point, what you just mentioned there, that you realize that all that sacrifice and hard work was worth it. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what that sacrifice was like, like what, it, what the training was like and some of the social commitments you might've had to sacrifice. Like, tell us about the preparation process and the training. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of made a decision. So I was, I started in uh, Dubai. Uh, so swimming in Dubai, I lived in Dubai for four years when I was 10. And I moved back as well when I was 10. Uh, I had lived there for four years and I moved back when I was 10. And But I started swimming there. And so as soon as I was 12, I got a chance to compete at nationals in Lebanon. And that's where I kind of opened my eyes like, you know what, this is like in a couple of years, this is maybe possible. Like, I can I can really do this. I can make the Olympic team. Um, and I kind of made told my dad from there, I was like, look, like, this is what I want to do. I was like, I don't care what it takes to do it. I'll win at any cost. I was like, I'll cut out school. Uh, uh, not, not cut. Okay. I'm sorry. Not cut out. <laughs> um, swimming was definitely my number one priority in high school. And that was, I mean, above everything, uh, I would, it would go probably God swimming, uh, school, and then everything else kind of after that. And if I had time for everything else, then I would, 
make do. But like, I mean, I missed out on going to events, going to uh, uh, birthday parties, regular parties, uh, fun things. It was just, and honestly, it was in the moment, it was, it was definitely hard, but uh, when I was younger and then now as I kind of got older, I kind of don't see them as sacrifices anymore because when you really truly love what you do, it's kind of like, like it, you do it second nature. Like it doesn't even cross your mind. Like you don't even have to debate whether you're going to go or not. You're just like, no, I'm not going. And, uh, and so that was, uh, the training was definitely the worst. Uh, <laughs> shout out to my coach, uh, coach Lewis Dimitritis. He just got diagnosed with stage three, uh, cancer, uh, pancreatic cancer. And so he is, uh, not doing amazing, but he's definitely, he taught me how to fight when I was younger. And so he's fighting his own battles right now, but without him, I mean, he was my coach ever since I was 13 years old and he made me the swimmer who I am today, but he, uh, his sets were absolutely horrible. I mean, just think of 100 meters. You said at the beginning, I know I, uh, I barely made it. that multiply that by, by 500. And yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah. don't even want to think about that. Multiply that by 500, and that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's about how much we were doing. Five, and that was only one set. So we still had warm up and warm down and kick sets and stuff. So, I mean, and he, he just, I mean, he, he made me the swimmer I was, not only physically, but mentally as well, which I owe him a lot because I had to go to all these international competitions without, uh without a, without him per se i was had a coach but it wasn't my coach and i had to kind of do things on my own so he taught me the mental toughness and the the discipline that that was i mean all instilled from a young age so those are kind of the sacrifices or sacrifices that i made but at the end of the day everything was worth it and it it kind of showed in the opening ceremony i was kind of in awe all the way up until mm-hmm. it was weird like i was i was kind of in shock all the way i was like not emotional at all and then they had like this super cool like uh, show that they were doing, and then these fireworks, and there was like a ton of fireworks. The whole stadium lit up, and then I just like I don't know, it was like like an overflow of emotion. I bet. it was uh, it was definitely a moment I'll remember for the rest of my life. Man, well that that's a lot that's to unpack so there. Cool. But for, first and foremost, your coach as well. What a special connection it sounds like, and yeah. he'll certainly be in our, our thoughts and prayers. And I want to kind of follow up on that a little bit. And you talk about. What a special and an emotional moment that was again at the parade. How much of that do you think was from that connection with your coach? And what was his reaction to, you know, seeing you on the big stage? We had talked about it a lot. And it was, um, we talked a lot about going to the Olympics and about competing and not just going to the Olympics. Because a lot of people just want to go and mm-hmm. swim. I wanted to see how far I could take it. Uh, especially in high school, being the underdog. I was the youngest person, I'm pretty sure, in the event that I swam. Um, and so it was kind of like, like you, I felt like I was, I, I was supposed to be there, but like, I also felt like, man, these guys are out of college or, or seniors in college. And they're all, I mean, they, they just, they were intimidating, but at the same time, he taught me how to like swim in your own lane and, and do your own thing. But, uh, definitely the emotion, the emotion wasn't, it was a lot of, for my coach and stuff, but also it was, uh, everything like everything every, everything i put in for the past five and a half six years it all came out in that one moment which was pretty awesome dude that is so cool oh my gosh i'm, I'm kind of just getting caught up in the excitement of the moment right here and it's so exciting just to know that you got all the way to the biggest stage ever and like i guess 
You said it was completely worth it, but was it everything that you thought it would be? And more. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, I I thought it was going to be because I went into the meet. Uh, I had several trials meets before to qualify, and I was making it a do or die situation, kind of like all or nothing. And that's where I had to learn that every swim meet, including the Olympics, is just another meet. And that's what I had to treat it like. So I thought I went into it thinking. It's just another meet, but it was, I mean, everything was more. I had trained in the Olympic pool for like seven days before my event and I practiced like what I was going to do. I swam in the same lane I was going to be in all this stuff. And as soon as I got out, like I walked out when they were walking us out for the heat, everything I had learned from those seven days out the window, it was totally different. And I mean, there was lights and cameras and everyone started cheering. So like, it's overwhelming. And I just kind of had to like, put the blinders on and like do what I do. Mm-hmm. And Munzi, I know you touched on how it was your goal to compete at the Olympics. So many people, they're just like, oh, I want to go and that's it. So tell us Munzi, what's next for you? You, you made it to the big stage. And so w- w- what's next in your career? Yeah, I, I'm starting at Texas A&M university. Um, I'm super excited. This is, it was, uh, I just fell in love with this place ever since I took my trip and I feel that they can get me to where I want to be in my professional career as well as collegiate career. Um, and so I hope to take my swimming to the next level. And I don't know, in three years, hopefully in Paris, I mean, hopefully, may God willing, I make it. But in Paris, I hope that maybe we can come home with something more than souvenirs. But I would also <laughs> love to be an SEC uh, championship winning team as well as uh, NCAA champion. So. It, oh, stuff, cool. stuff like that but those have all been goals of mine so In- i really i really hope a&m uh uh can help me get there i really believe that they can mm-hmm. and a quick follow-up to that Munzi too i thought it was interesting how you talked about you know all that prep that goes into the olympics but when you get out there and the lights are on and you see the cameras like that's a lot of pressure so just more than just swimming, now that you've been at that big stage, kind of how does that affect your mindset and to starting college, knowing that yeah. you've been on this big stage with thousands of people watching on, on TV, of course, this year, but hopefully big crowd in the future. But what's like the mentality now that you've already been on the big stage and now you're now you're starting fresh in college? How does that play into it? So that's actually that's an amazing question. I get asked sometimes a lot. Like I went to World's Short Course World Championships when I was 16, and it was my first like real international competition uh, with the big with the big dogs. And it made every other meet that I would come here to do a lot easier. So like I was on yeah. the world stage. I come here for nationals. I'm like, well, this is only nationals. And then I would swim it and I'd be like, man, this is, I was like, there's no pressure. <laughs> and, um, and that was one thing that my coach did a really good job of, of mentally preparing me to just stay calm and, and execute and do what I do best. Um, but definitely being at the Olympics, like if you, if you haven't ever been to like an international or like, or like all the lights and cameras and stuff, it's going to happen one day. And I was so blessed for it to happen. Like, sooner rather than later because then like I'm prepared for it next time and that's really why I wanted to go to this Olympics so bad I wanted to see how far I could take it but I knew that at the same time I was being half realistic that maybe we won't make it into a gold medal or bronze medal before I uh, get out of high school uh, which I was okay with I mean it was it was I, I understand that there's a lot of people that do my events and 
and there's a lot of people on the world <laughs> stage that are world record holders. But um, but I wanted the experience so that the next time I go, that I already know what's happening. I already know all the hype. I know. I mean, I know I had probably a good amount of people watching because most of Lebanon was watching that race, and I was. I knew it was happening. I knew everyone was watching the 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 TV. I knew all my family, friends, club team, club members. Everyone was watching. And honestly, at, at that point, I was like, I left it up to God. And I was like, my dad always says, he's a like, do your best and leave God the rest. And I was like, no, that's all I can do. I was like, I did everything I could. I love that. I really do. I think that's so cool. And I think that's such good life advice too. kind of just getting out of your comfort zone, going to that next level. And that just makes life look so much easier, whether that's going on test and doing just studying so hard for that first one going way out of your comfort zone and then you're like oh geez this is actually easier than, than i thought it is taking those harder classes in high school and you get to college and it's just a breeze or whatever it may be but chasing that big stage and then coming back to real life or like normal life it's almost everything is just oh here we go this is just another day another meet um i really do love that and you, you kind of tied in your faith there do you think being do you, how is it for you being on like a world stage and having a faith as well? Is that something that you empowers you to like grow in your faith? Or is that something that's hard at like something that's hard to balance? Uh, it's not hard to balance at all. I, I take a lot of pride in my faith and, and I've kind of, I, I feel like my faith is what got me to this place. It's not, uh, it's not so much like hard to work with. I always, I, I mean, like I told you before, it was like, God, then swimming then school now it's the priorities are a little different it's god then swimming and school kind of beating for each other <laughs> yeah. but um but yeah i mean my faith i've always uh tried to keep a strong faith tried to keep uh, uh uh as much as i can a connection to god because i know that without him none of this would be i mean not even it's a drop in, in the ocean without him and so i i really really believe that uh i can hopefully use my faith more so in college and and yeah. expand like i because i continue to try and educate myself and 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 stay close to god even while in college i mean i know a lot of people uh they get the freedom and they get a lot of stuff and it's kind of hard like you said to balance and so i i don't even think of it as balancing i just think of it as uh, second nature that every morning i wake up and pray every morning every night every everything oh so, my yeah. gosh what a, what a testament too i mean if this guy can do it going to do it <laughs> swimming those 500 100s oh my gosh i cannot even imagine if he can like that's just such a such a good example though like if you're doing all these other things and some people may look at you or any other like athlete and be like oh my gosh no like the sport it's his god but like no you before you even took a step to go out the door to your sport you turned it all to the lord and that's just like take it to that next level and then i just love that it's such a good such a good example for so many for myself dude i think in college it's so easy to be like oh man i don't have time but this man's been to the olympics and he is grinding every single day to get that next stage but he turns it all back to the lord dude munzi i love that dude thank you so much after thank you i appreciate that i really do take pride in in uh, my faith and what i do and at the end of the race too i was uh i i did good in the olympic i was, I was happy with what i did uh, I wanted to do just a little bit better, like literally l less than a tenth of a second better. Um, but <laughs> uh, which is which sounds really stupid to a lot of people. But I'm like, I'm like, it's it's kind of like a slower thing. 
But at the end of the race, I kind of raised my hands up like this. And I was just like, it was all thanks to God. And someone actually got a picture of it, which I was so happy. At. But uh, it was just like everything, even after the race, too, it was very emotional just because even the days leading into the race, it's like you can't. My coach gave me advice. He's like, don't watch the races. Don't watch all of them. He's like, because you get hyped and you get excited and your heart rate elevates and your emotional state changes and everyone like, like you feel tired once you get to your race because of all the hype and people are winning gold medals and breaking world records and you're watching all of that. You're in the emotion. Yeah. And so that was kind of, uh, that was, I had to, I had to watch that too. But even, even after the race, I was exhausted just because it's like a week and I didn't realize what they meant by post-Olympic depression. It's like a seven, it's like a week and a half adrenaline rush. It really is. Every morning you wake up, your heart rate's elevated. It's not like, and it's not normal. Like you could go into the pool. It's like the first day I got in, I could barely breathe just because I was like so excited. I was like, <laughs> you know, it was, it was, it was uh, it's a, it definitely an experience. And so like next time I know how to mentally prepare and stuff. So that's why I'm hoping. Monty, I love that dude. Okay, so we're wrapping it up here. Thank you so much for sharing your experience today. But as we wrap it up, one last just piece of advice for that freshman, your peers that are going to AM or anybody else around around the country who's going in their first year at college and maybe they have a dream they're chasing after. Maybe it's just their first year at school and they're hecka nervous. How do you what kind of advice would you share with anybody that's in the same same space as you going in their freshman year, two weeks in, three weeks in? This is kind of the best piece of advice that I've uh, that's helped me throughout my career. Um, this is kind of my quote that uh, make some part of whatever you're doing. It doesn't have to be a sport. It doesn't have to be, uh, uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be sports. It could be a class project, uh, uh, hobby, whatever it is. Make some part of what you're trying to be the best at fun because without an element of fun, it gets hard to keep chasing the mighty dream. And I honestly credit a lot of my success to how much fun I had every single day. Every time I got into the water, it was a pleasure, a joy. I mean, I enjoy doing what I do. And I'm, I know a lot of people can't say that. And I'm so happy that I can because it's, it really is so much fun to just get in the water and grind. I mean, I like training probably more than I'm racing. Uh, actually, it's very complicated, but like, I love like the grind. I love the hurt. A lot of people don't. And that's something that I find fun. So if you're not having fun with something, you might want to look into doing something else or find something fun within whatever you're doing. I love that. Wow. Well, that oh is gosh. a great piece of advice <laughs> to share, Munzee. Every week we've been putting out like a quote of one of the highlights of what our guests said. And you provided so many of those today. But man, that last one really stuck. You can draw that back to, like you said, a sport or a hobby or even what Colin and Literally I do anything. here. What we do here, we try, we try to keep it light and we try to have fun because otherwise we would have quit by now. And I'm sure if, if anyone would understand that, that's you. So we appreciate you spending the time with us so much today, Munzi. So inspiring to hear about Thank your you platform, your faith, and, um, and best of luck starting, at, uh, starting in College Station these first few weeks. Um, you've already accomplished so much. And uh, it's that mentality you talked about. You're going to do great things. So we appreciate it a ton. Thanks so much. Dude, thank you guys so much. I was so, I'm so glad to be a part of this. It was, uh, I, I listened to all y'all's podcasts, especially because this guy is running them. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but uh, super nice to meet you. Uh, and I really, really appreciate y'all. So thank you so much. 
Yes, thank you so much, Munzi. And so, signing off, this has been... (laughs) And this is Colin. We'll see y'all next week. We'll see you guys next week. (laughs)